This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Um, Twenty seventeen word, and uh, you know one of the things Pastor Tom mentioned in the twenty seventeen word. He says, "In this year, we are going to add our amens to God's yeses," and I want to speak to you about that this morning. But I want to start off with a story. You know, as a, a pastor. I do so many weddings, uh, uh, and uh, without fail, there's a song that's played at every wedding, uh, it's, uh, except the weddings that I've done, that of my fairer brothers. I don't hear that song. I hear other songs. But uh, my, uh, my melanin-covered brothers, I hear a song, and it... it Every single wedding. It's, it's a song called uh, When Jesus Says Yes. Do you know that song? And uh, without fail, without fail, the booging that takes place when that's, I mean, it's, it's almost like a DJ's go-to track if the wedding is dry, you know. They go to this song, When Jesus Says Yes, Nobody Can Say No. And, um, you know, it's interesting for me to note as pastor because the dance moves are also uh, quite interesting. Uh, I don't know whether heaven says yes to those dance moves that take place when that song plays, but I struggle with that song theologically. Because it, if it were true that when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no, you and I wouldn't be here right now. The disaster that took place in the Garden of Eden wouldn't have happened because Adam and Eve did say no when Jesus promised them an abundant life. Yeah, you've gone quiet. <laughs> I can see some of you. Now what are we going to dance to <laughs> at weddings? First it was Christmas. Now it's when Jesus says yes. Nobody can say no. But think about it. How many things do you and I say no to that Jesus says yes to? There are people who are lying in bed right now. Jesus says, yes, go to church. They looked out the window. It was pouring. And they said, it no. Boogie, boogie. Here's what Pastor Tom shared in the 2017 word. He says this. Now, this is an exciting season, if you could put that up. It's a time for the double sword. It's a Hebrew calendar 5777. That's what this year is in the Hebrew. 77 is double sword. 7 is sword. 77 is the two-edged sword. The Bible says in Hebrew, Hebrews 4 verse 12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. You see, the word of God cuts both ways. It cuts way to sent in heaven and to those who will agree it will cut here on earth. Pastor Tom said the most important thing, the most important prayer we can pray in this season is thy kingdom come on earth 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Sorry, my bad. In Genesis 1, let's go back to the beginning, verses 24 to 25. The Bible says this. We see this mandate of God's will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. Because after God created the earth, he revealed his purposes for the earth thereafter. And the Bible says this. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our own image and likeness so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals, um, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind, that's you and I, in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God's plan was to extend his rulership from heaven here on earth. And his plan was to do that through you and I. God chose, so loved us, that he chose to rule the earth through earthen vessels. He gave us dominion over the earth. We are to be his representatives here on earth. We are to take his kingdom of heaven, its attributes, its interests, its philosophy, and extend his kingdom influence here on earth. That's our mandate. God desires, God's desire has always been that when we speak on earth, it's as if he's spoken on earth. Because we bear his image and his likeness. When we act on earth, when we do on earth, it's as if he has done on earth. Because he, we're his ambassadors here. When Jesus came to restore the kingdom of God, he amplified this by the words he spoke. He said, I only do what I see my father do. So what Jesus was saying is, I am the perfect ambassador of my father. Part of restoring the kingdom mandate and restoring the kingdom of God from the fallen state in the Garden of Eden, when man said no to God in the Garden of Eden, was Jesus coming to say yes I'll be your representative here on earth. Yes, I will see what you see here on earth. Yes, I'll only do what you do here on earth. And he was to be the model of what we were to follow. The Bible says this in John 5, verses 17 to 19, and this is an interesting story. Because... Um, and I'm, I'm going to come back, to refer back to this story. Uh, Jesus gets to a well, and there are lots of sickly people there. And, uh, you know, there, there was a great story and a myth behind this place. Because, you know, at this place, the waters would be stirred up once in a while. An angel would come and stir up the waters. And if you were fortunate to jump into the waters when they were stirred up, you would be healed. So there was a man, and some of you know the story, there was a man who had been there 38 years. And in being there 38 years, uh, 
He was just waiting for an opportunity for when the well is stirred, when the angel comes and the well is stirred, for him to get into the well and you would be healed of his disability and, and walk once again. But when Jesus came, Jesus said to him, you know, what are you doing here? And he says, well, I'm, I'm you know, the waters are stirred and I've got no one to throw me into the water. I've been here 38 years. I've got no one to throw me into the water so I may get healed. And Jesus said to him, pick up your pallet and walk. The man picked up his pallet and walked. Well, this caused the furor because it was the Sabbath. The Pharisees were upset. None of this was supposed to happen on the Sabbath. How dare you get freed of your bondage on the Sabbath? How dare you walk on the Sabbath? How dare anything good is done on the Sabbath? But listen to the words Jesus spoke when they questioned him and they questioned why he did what he did on the Sabbath. He says, in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work, even to this very day. And I too am working. Therefore, Jesus answered them, saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees his father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even the greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Pastor Tom said this. He said, Ayan, which is what 70 is in the Hebrew. He says, so in the decade of the 70s, I want you to come to a place where you see eye to eye. That's what God says. I want you to be able to look at you eye to eye. I want to be able to have the eye. I want you to be able to have eyes that perceive, eyes that can see, eyes that are open. I want you to have spiritual eyesight. The promise for us in this season is that God wants us to see what he sees. So we can do what he's blessing here on earth. More than ever in this season, there's a promise, just like Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father do. If we align ourselves right in this season, we'll see what the Father does and we'll be able to do it here on earth and be his true ambassadors. Pastor Tom said this season is a season where we see what God's doing on the earth. We see what he's seeing as we focus on him. And he shows us these things so we can do what he's doing and walk in what he's blessing. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, you and I decide what we see in this season. Whether we decide to see what's positive or what's negative. Whether we decide to see life or whether we decide to see death. The Pharisees chose to see the negative on the Sabbath. They chose to see that you can't heal on the Sabbath. 
plus the man is a sinner. The man deserves what he has, etc., etc. Jesus chose to see what God was seeing. Jesus chose to do what God was doing. There are things in this season that have held you and I back. There are disabilities in this season that have held you and I back, that have kept us bondage year after year after year after year after year. There are accusations and people and cheerleaders that have been by the sidelines saying, yes, keep Taz in bondage, keep Joanne in bondage, keep Judy in bondage, or whatever your name is. There are those cheerleaders that are saying circumstances, this country can never prosper beyond where it is. There are cheerleaders, they're there. But I'm here to tell you that this season, the king is in the field with his sword. You see, now, this season, it's no longer about the anointing oil or the anointed water or the anointed handkerchief or doom or whatever else it is. It's no longer about the waters being stirred and having to visit someone for power. I'm telling you, in this season, the king is here with the sword. He is in the field himself. No matter what the accusers say, no matter what the naysayers say, he is here with the sword to silence them and amaze them, as he said in his word. I thought I'd at least get an amen for that. You see, the sword is in his hand. The sword that brings healing, brings deliverance, brings liberty, brings joy, brings peace when it comes down. He silences the liars, judges the myths, and liberates with truth. So, here's this story and this man's encounter with Jesus at the well. John 5 verse 10 to 15 says this. It says, now it was a Sabbath on that day. So the Jews were saying to the man, who was cured. It is the Sabbath. It is not permissible that you carry your pallet on the Sabbath. He answered them and said, he who made me well <laughs> is the one who said, pick up your pallet and walk. And they asked him, who is that man who said to you, pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had slipped away, slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse can happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. See, there are a couple of things to note in that story. Number one is uh, there was opposition. I thought the Pharisees would focus on the man they had known who had been at that well for 38 years, by those pools for 38 years, that he was now walking. But they were focusing on picking up why he was picking up his pallet. Number two, the man, after this supernatural experience, could not account for, did not know 
did not have a relationship with the one who made him well. So you could not say, I know him. But the Bible says he went to the temple. He went to the temple. Something supernatural had happened to him, and he went to the temple. And Jesus found him in the temple. And when he found him, the man got to know the one who made him well. He had a salvation encounter with Jesus Christ. And Jesus gave him the formula, the prescription for life, the prescription for wellness, the prescription for continued health. He said, don't do this. Don't sin anymore. You have been liberated. I've liberated you. If you do, something worse will come upon you. Now, in the face of persecution, something unique happened to this man. Because he knew this Jesus, it had been known, the Pharisees were against. And if anyone aligned with him, the teachers of the law were against you. At great risk to himself, after he had a salvation encounter with Jesus Christ, this man boldly stood up and said it was Jesus. He identified with himself with the one who brought about his wellness. He identified himself with the one who brought about his salvation. He identified himself with the one who brought about his healing. At great threat to himself. Pastor Tom said this of this season. He says the word of God releases promises, but your agreement activates those promises. It's a two-edged sword. It has sharp edges on either side. God is looking for a church. God is looking for a people that will align, get into alignment with him and get their confession in alignment with his promise so their amen and his promises can be the two-edged sword that brings about the activity in the earth today. 5777 is the year of the sword of the king. What is that saying? That is saying the two-edged sword in this season for that man was, I'm stuck at the waters. I can't seem to get past this point. The, the, the Pharisees say you can't get past this point. The, the mythology, the story say, say someone needs to carry you into the water. But when Jesus arrived, Jesus arrived with a yes for his healing. Jesus arrived with a yes, you can get healed. Jesus arrived with a yes, I'm not only willing, but I'm able to heal you. Jesus arrived with a yes, that I'm able to deliver you. Jesus arrived with a yes, that I'm able to set you free. I'm able to liberate you. And the two edge, the other edge of the sword was the man's confession that it is Jesus. Amen. It is Jesus that has made me well. It is he that's made me well. In this season, God's voices are waiting for your amen to be activated here on earth. He says this, my word is yes and amen. 
the two-edged sword. That word two-edged sword is the Greek word distomos, D-I-S-T-O-M-O-S. It means having a double mouth, literally. Whew. That right there smacked me right here. The word of God takes two mouths to be effective here on earth. He gave us dominion in the Garden of Eden. He is let there be light in your life, needs your let there so be it in your life. He is yes, you are healed. By his stripes you are healed, needs an amen. I believe that. So shall it be in my life. This season we add our amen to God's yeses. We say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you are doing and what you have done in heaven, may it be done here on earth. The word amen is from the Hebrew word, amen. That's deep, isn't it? Wow. Smack me right here. And it means truth, sure, of truth, made be fulfilled, so be it. It comes from the root word amam, A-M-A-M, which is Hebrew word for believe and faithful. And you want to know what the amazing thing is? I went and I researched this. The Greek word for amen, hold on for this. You will never guess what it is. Amen. <laughs> amen. The word amen is the most remarkable word. It is transliterated from the Hebrew to the Greek in the New Testament to Latin, to English, to most languages here on earth as amen. When God scattered man and gave us different languages, it was because man had, had come into common agreement, had come into unity in Genesis 11. And they said, whatever they purposed to do, they wanted to build a tower to the sun. And, the, and God said, whatever they purposed to do will not be withheld from them because they are one, because they are in agreement. And God scattered them with different languages. But the language that unites us all here on earth is amen. Whether you are English, it's amen. Shona, amen. Devil, amen. Afrikaans, amen. German, amen. French, amen. The word is amen. That's the word that unites us because that word, amen, to God's yeses in heaven, brings the power of God on earth. And whatever you've purposed to do will not be withheld from you. Because you've invoked the power of unity. You've invoked the power of agreement. Amen unites us with what God's doing. Woo, amen. Turn to your neighbor, say, neighbor, are you sure now? Amen. Turn to your other neighbor, say, neighbor, are you in Debele? Amen. Turn to your other one, say, brother, are you English? Amen. Find the neighbor behind you. Say, what, where are you from? Amen. Amen is the response to God's truth. 
2 Corinthians 1, verses 17 to 23, Paul says this. You see, the story was, Paul was letting the church know that he was no longer coming to Corinthian, to, to Corinth. And he frames this passage of scripture this way. He says, was I fickle when I intended to come to you, which is to do this? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner? So that in the same breath, I say yes, yes, and no, no. So the worldly manner says yes, yes, with the same breath, and no, no, with the same breath. The same tongue that blesses is the same tongue that curses. Hmm. But listen to this. He says, but as surely, excuse me, as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. It's not a confused message. For the sons of, for the sons of God, Jesus Christ, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him, it has always been yes. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, we speak amen to the glory of God. So God is not like you and I. Jesus is not like you and I. He's faithful. His yes will never change. His yes is yes. And to the yes... We add our amen here on earth as his sons to the glory of God. So when we say amen, we say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So be it. In the Old Testament, there were three distinct biblical usages for amen. One was an initial amen, referring back to the words of another speaker and introducing an affirmative statement. So it will be, uh, the speaker would say something and the responder would say, amen, so shall it be, shall it be so. The second was a detached amen. This one Again, referring to the words of another speaker, but without complimentary affirmative sentence at the end. You would hear what the speaker say, and you would say, Amen. The third refers to no particular speaker or no change in speaker, but was a subscription between the first three divisions of the Psalms. So, when... The Jews heard amen. It was solemn. Solemn. It was weighty. In fact, it was so weighty, so fearful, that in Deuteronomy 27, they responded to amen when the Lord was pronouncing the curses for disobedience, they would say, Amen. Ooh, Amen. Their whole training 
because Amen was waiting. And Amen responded was a response to something solemn, something waiting, something true. Truth that could not be changed. Jesus comes along in the New Testament. And the passage of scripture that we read, where he said, truly, truly, or where you see verily, verily, I say unto thee, the son can do nothing out of what he sees the father do. Jesus opens up a statement with amen. Truly, truly, and verily, verily are the word amen. That translation in, from Hebrew to Greek, remember the one we talked about, that in the Hebrew it was amen, in the Greek it was amen, that's the translation. Verily, verily, truly I say unto you, truly, truly is the word amen. Jesus turns this thing into a tailspin because he opens up with not just one amen. He says two, amen, amen. Then he says, the son only does what he sees the father do. You must know when the word amen was spoken, they stopped. It was almost, here's attention. This is truth that's about to be spoken. Jesus says amen, amen, speaking of himself. Woo! Can you imagine if you were a Pharisee? Wouldn't you be mad as well? What? Not only does he heal on the Sabbath, now he's, oh, he's taking, oh, he didn't just use amen. Oh, did he use amen twice? And he didn't use it at the end. Of, oh, he used it at the beginning of a sentence to talk of himself. Crucify him. Amen. That's how weighty amen is. Jesus used it to speak and affirm himself. He was the word of God. Still is the word of God. He announced the truth he was about to speak by saying amen first. Why? Because when he walked the earth, Jesus was the son of man and son of God. And God's yes is in heaven were made manifest and put into being by his amen on earth. You need to get that. Because he walked in the flesh and was man, heaven and earth kissed with yes and amen. Jesus spoke this over 30 times in Matthew. In the Gospel of John, he gives the double amen 25 times, referring to his own teachings. What he was basically saying was, you don't stand in judgment to my word. Only Jesus in the Bible speaks like this. Revelations 3, verse 14 says this. The angel of the church of uh, Laodicea writes, the amen 
the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of creation says this. Jesus refers to himself. The word made flesh, he refers to himself as amen. Brothers and sisters, the word of God made flesh in our lives here on earth is amen. When we say amen, we proclaim Jesus' truth. We align ourselves with the truth. So therefore, they cannot hear God's amen. They cannot hear God's, we cannot hear God's yeses and be quiet. We shout back amen. That's the truth for me. That's for me. That's for us. That's for our church. That's for our nation. My amen says I identify with Jesus Christ. My amen says I've been removed from sin and I've been placed in Christ. My amen says I am in him. My amen invokes the power of agreement, the power of unity. When I say amen, I'm saying I'm uniting myself with the truth. I'm uniting myself with the way. Jesus says, I'm the truth, the way, and the life. I am choosing life over death. I'm saying heaven's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm saying the Lord do so. I only do what I see my father do. That's what I'm saying when I say amen. When I do say amen, in heaven's records, it's done. But only to God's yeses. <laughs> so I uh, found myself I was with some brothers different brothers and do you know how thickly when someone's praying we start saying amen I caught myself doing that and uh this person was praying and praying and praying and I had my eyes shut and amen. And then I thought, hmm, that doesn't sound right. I opened up one eye, you know, the cheating eye. Just to check. Has that person got something on them? And then I stopped saying amen because that's not God's yes. We have just gotten accustomed to saying amen, amen to anything. We only say amen to God's yes. So yeah, they finished and they, and they took 15 minutes. And when they said amen, I kept quiet because that wasn't God's yes. I can't put my agreement to that. See, Pastor Tom says we're ambassadors. We're part of his ecclesia. Sent for the purposes of establishing the kingdom of God before his face. Now, that's an amazing statement. Before his face. What it really means is before his countenance and before his gaze. The word of the king and the ambassador and his ambassador are inseparable. The word of the king and his ambassador are inseparable. When we speak we should sound like the king. When he says amen, when he says yes, we shout back amen. 
You see, the heat signature of heaven on earth is spotted by sound. That's why when we praise and worship, heaven opens up because what we're doing here on earth sounds like what happens in heaven. That's why we enter his gates with the sound of thanksgiving. We enter his courts, his very presence, with the sound of our praise. That's why Pastor Bonnie is so passionate about Isaiah 43, 21. My people who are formed for myself shall declare my praise. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, we have, God identifies us here on earth by the hit signature of our sound. And when our sound aligns itself with heaven's sound, heaven is made manifest here on earth. God's locating device for you and I here on earth is your voice. You cannot be in agreement with what God's doing in silence. That's a myth. It's a lie. Jesus would have come not speaking but quiet if that were true. But he came declaring the word of God. Your mouth is God's heat sensing detecting tool here on earth. You see, the spirit world is activated by sounds. The sounds of the spirit are from three sources. The spirit realm, that is. There's a demonic sound. These will deceive you and lead you into oppression and depression. There are fleshly sounds. These lead you into temptation, which cause you to sin. The end result is bondage and addictions. Then there's a sound of God which always brings joy and peace. When God's spirit hovers the earth, it looks for a sound that is like heaven's sound. The Bible in Genesis 1 records this. It says when Adam and Eve sinned, they made coverings for themselves. Then the Bible says, go and read this. It says, then the sound of the Lord, when Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord in the garden. They hid themselves. Why? Because the sound of sin can never be like the sound of heaven. And God said, God in his all-knowing, all-powerful, uttered these words. Where are you? Where are you? Did God not know where Adam was? No. He's all-knowing. He knew where he was. But there was a sound that came from Adam that was missing. There was a sound that connected God's agenda here on earth with what he's doing in heaven that was missing. So Adam responded this way. He said, when I heard your sound, I hid myself because I was afraid. The sound of fear is not the sound of heaven. 
Have you ever seen anyone who's hiding make noise? <laughs> Have you played hide and seek? You kill the purpose when you say, here I am, here I am. When you hide, you are quiet. There's no sound. God came and said, Adam, where's your sound? Where's that which connects earth with heaven? There is bad network here. The call has dropped. Where are you? This is going to voicemail. Adam said, I heard your sound. And it was no longer like my sound. So I hid myself. The Bible says that the true sons of God are led by the Spirit. When we are led of the Spirit, we know heaven's sound. When we have seen what he sees, when we spend time with him, he shows us what he sees. Our sounds become like his sound. When we say amen, we connect ourselves with heaven's sound. And when God looks to locate us to impose his yes on the earth, our amen resounds back. Here's where I am. Here's where I am, Lord. Let your will be done here. So, when the sound of amen is released on earth, it is in response to the yes that's from heaven. You see, a child always tries to replicate the sounds they hear because that's how they learn to speak. I heard only one response to that. You learn to speak by the sounds you hear. What sounds are you hearing? What you speak, what comes out of your mouth tells us the sounds you hear. So, you know what? When truth is spoken from the pulpit, or truth is spoken in your soul meeting, or truth is spoken amongst your brethren, and you're quiet, it's because you're hiding. When you're hiding, you can't speak. <laughs> the surest way to know someone is in sin is when they hide. When they move away from the sound of God. When praise and worship goes out, they arrive at 20 to 10. When praise and worship is over. When the word starts getting hot, they want to go to the toilet. When truth is spoken, they fall asleep. Why? You've got to hide. It's a foreign sound. But the true sons of God, those that are led of the Spirit, those that want to see what he's seeing, those that say to themselves, amen, that is for me, that is the truth. I hear it, I identify with that sound. As a baby would do in imitating the sounds of his father. Why? Because they want to become what they behold. The sounds you release tell us what we're what you're beholding. 
The sounds we release tell us what. So, you know, we get upset when Pastor Bonnie says, lift up your hands. It's a foreign sound to you. When you get angry, it's a foreign sound. Mm, wish you to tell me yada. It's a foreign sound. A truth is spoken, you can't say amen. Even if it's painful. It's a foreign sound. I heard your sound and I hid. It's too foreign for me. I don't know that sound. When we spend time with our Father in heaven, Pastor Tom said in this season, we need to spend time with God and time with one another. When we spend time with our Father in heaven, the more you and I go about hearing the sounds of heaven, the more we'll begin to speak like heaven because we replicate the sounds we hear. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more I hear, the more I sound like what I hear. The more I become what I hear. So, whenever God's yeses are spoken and we remain quiet, there's network failure. Jeremiah 30, uh, uh, 3.33 fails. It becomes uh, your name 666. Network failure. Call on me and I'll hear you. That one becomes 666. You can't hear. It's no longer true. It's no longer the scripture. You and I in this season are called to resonate with God's yeses. And God's yeses work in spite of the circumstances. It doesn't matter whether you've been the world for 38 years. Zimbabwe has been uh, 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 disabled, whatever, for 38 years. God doesn't look at the circumstances. God looks, for, looks at the yeses and the people that will say amen to his yeses. How is this nation going to change? when there's enough amen saying yes to God's yeses. So the circumstances will always be there. The accusers will always be there. The cheerleaders of our failure will always be there. But God's given me a sure weapon in amen in my mouth, in the sound of heaven. All I need to do is to keep the network connected, keep the battery fully charged with his word so I can... I'm in reach of signal. And as long as I have signal, I can download his S's and add my amen. And that is so be it, so, so be it, truly, truly, verily, verily, it is so, amen. The kingdom of God, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But when his charge goes out, his yes goes out, and there's no response back, there's disconnection instantly. I want to show you a clip, then we'll close. Sacrifice everything for your country. Sir, yes, sir. Your life. Sir, yes, sir. Your youth. Sir, yes, sir. Your friends. Sir, yes, sir. Your wife. Sir, yes, sir. Your plane. Sir, yes, sir. Your bridling. Sir, yes, no, sir. 
Do you want to see that again? Okay. Can you start it over and make sure they get everything? Put up the volume. You'll sacrifice everything for your country! Sir, yes, sir! Your life! Sir, yes, sir! Your youth! Sir, yes, sir! Your friends! Sir, yes, sir! Your wife! Sir, yes, sir! Your plane! Sir, yes, sir! Your brightling! Sir, you know, sir! <laughs> Did you notice where the disconnection took place? The moment his yes turned to no, the disconnection took place. And even if he flowed like it were there, even if he moved like you were there, but because the response had changed to no, the disconnection took place. While they were agreeing there was power, but the moment doubt was introduced, the power ceased. This season, brothers and sisters, more than ever, God is looking for our amens to his yeses. You may be here today, and I, I know I feel this way. Sometimes, a lot of times in this nation, it just feels like a lot of stuff doesn't work. I'm here to let you know today. You may be at the, at the pool that they've said are living waters. Maybe like that disabled man. It may be you that has never had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And you don't know him. But today you have come to the temple. And he wants to get to know you. If that is you. Today is your day. Today is the day you get free from that which has held you back. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.